Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco. This is episode 140 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Lucas Kaser to discuss our week nine starts and sits, as well as our starts of the week. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. It is Wednesday morning, week nine upon us, week eight in the rearview mirror. Wednesday morning means Lucas Kaser is back in the place. Lucas, how are we feeling this week? You know, I'm going to let you ride high in your 7-0 49ers, but don't forget that I did beat you in the Listener League. That is true. That is true. Um, The Listener League was a disappointing loss. Uh, We will get to the Listener League recap episodes, of course, later in this week. Um, I'll talk about it more then. It was just disappointing that, you know, a lot of my guys didn't show. But I also started Mason Rudolph out of necessity with Dak on by. And, uh, you know, the second half of that game was fine. Two late touchdowns, you know, but he threw two incredibly horrible interceptions to start the game coming off of a nasty concussion. Uh, I'm going to give him a pass. So I did lose. Congratulations. Uh, you know, in the spirit of good sportsmanship, well done. Um, but uh, in a rematch, hopefully in a few weeks, uh, I think I'll have a, a better roster coming your way. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, we will save the TCK Pod Listener League recaps for later on in the week. Today, we're going to go over our start and sits like we usually do, knock those out, and then we have a kind of a special uh, episode we're going to do today leaning into another special episode we're going to do on Thursday. Uh, Actually, I think it'll probably drop on Friday, Um, but what we're going to do is do our start sits, take a break, and then we're going to come back and do a quick recap of our winners and losers and MVPs from the first half of the season, um, according to fantasy football. And um, I'll talk about that a little bit more when we get there, but then we're going to lead also into Friday's episode with uh, more of a breakdown on some rankings and a further discussion on those players. So stay tuned for that. But uh, without any further ado, man, let's get into week nine. Um, Tomorrow night, we have a big game here for the Niners and the Cardinals. Uh, this one's in Arizona, the Niners on the road, of course, still undefeated. Um, Cardinals have been looking really good, but not putting up enough points. Kyler Murray looks amazing, but somehow not scoring touchdowns, which blows my mind every week when I see the stat line of like a hundred passing yards and no touchdowns. Um, but at least they look good on paper. This is, I'm trying not to make a cop out, but serious question for the Niners and for the Cardinals, is this a start everyone for the 49ers, sit everyone for the Cardinals? I think I think you could sit Jimmy G, and I think you could start Christian Kirk to kind of throw one in each. I think for the Jimmy G case, it's kind of like the Cousins case of last week. Yes, it was a good matchup, but I think this game is going to be a blowout like every primetime game has been to where they're just – I mean, I think they're going to run the ball anyways, and then let alone when they get up by two scores, they're just going to keep running the ball. And I don't really know if you want to start Jimmy G anyways. So, I think he's the only one I would sit. Um, and then, like, Breida, I don't think he's going to play. Uh, is Wilson – or, no, uh, Mostert, is he playing, do you know? 
So I was just going to say, I'm going to push back a little bit. And everybody that listens to this podcast routinely knows that I'm not a Jimmy Garoppolo fan, although I'm a diehard Niner fan at heart. Uh, I just don't believe in Jimmy G. I think, uh, I hope he doesn't hurt us when it matters later in the season, but I would push back a little bit this week in particular. I could see Jimmy actually getting turned a little bit loose second week with Emmanuel Sanders. Two of our running backs are hurt. Uh, Brita and uh, Mostert are not practicing at least so far this week. Um, the Niners didn't practice on Monday at all. Uh, those two guys weren't practicing on Tuesday. Of course, they're only going to have limited practice today being Wednesday and then Thursday's obviously the game. So I could see that both running backs don't practice at all this week. If they play, it's probably going to be limited in a three-headed monster. One of them could sit. Both of them could sit. Uh, we do have Jeff Wilson, of course, who has four touchdowns somehow as the fourth running back on the team. Um, but if that happens and both Mostert and Brita sit, then I could see Jimmy G pretty much having to turn loose a little bit. Um, so if you're in a two QB league, I think that this could actually be a decent week to stream him against the Cardinals. Um, if the running backs are out, if not, then obviously the, the 49ers have been incredible on the ground. The Cardinals can't stop anybody. So you could have multiple, you know, 80 yard rushers in this game. Um, and Tevin Coleman, of course, with four touchdowns last week. Uh, so everyone's pretty much dominating on the ground on the other side, uh, Christian Kirk, would be, I guess, the best option, but I'm not sure there's a good option at all, mainly because I think the defensive line for the 49ers is just going to eat up the offensive line. And if Kyler can't get out of there in time, I think he's going to get absolutely destroyed in the pocket. And so I'm not sure that he's going to have many opportunities to get the ball downfield. I don't know who, if anybody's going to play running back with any efficiency for the Cardinals. They do have Kenyon Drake, um, but David Johnson will probably sit. Chase Edmonds will probably sit. Kenyon Drake doesn't know the plays. Um, this could be, this could be a pretty ugly one on Thursday. Yeah, I think the thing that sucks about the Drake trade is I feel like a lot of people, like me specifically, were holding him like on rosters and redraft leagues for him to get traded to a team that plays the Niners the next two out of the three weeks. Womp, like, it's a, <laughs> like it's and I think it's a bye week mixed in, so it's literally like it was the best case scenario for Kenyon Drake but it was the worst case scenario. So it just kind of sucks, but it's weird, man. We haven't had a chance to talk about it because all these trades are kind of just, you know, happening this week and we only have, you know, have the podcast best we can, but the um, it's unfortunate because I'm not even sure it's best case scenario for Kenyon Drake. Like it, it, it's cool for him to jump on the team and immediately start. But if David Johnson was healthy, there's no, there's no way he probably even gets traded to the Cardinals and he definitely doesn't play starting and Chase Edmonds we've seen what he can do until he got hurt but Chase Edmonds is going to be out a few weeks and David Johnson could potentially at least sit through the bye so this will be interesting to see what happens with Kenyon Drake but um, I personally with my roster my guys I would play as many Niners as I could maybe even Jimmy Garoppolo as well and monitor the running backs and I would sit everybody on the Cardinals personally um, I just don't think they're gonna have a chance against that defense. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a blowout. So. Let's move on to the Sunday slate. We have the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Houston Texans. Uh, this is a divisional matchup here for Houston. Uh, which one of the running backs do you prefer? I mean, we ask this pretty much every single week. I think we know their roles by now. Duke Johnson, of course, is, uh, you know, kind of a James White role and um, Carlos Hyde as the Sony Michelle, if you will. Um, do you like either one of these guys on the road against Jacksonville? Um. I mean, the the answer is Carlos Hyde. Like, I think that's the running back that you play against Jacksonville, who 
I mean, they've been good, but they haven't been great. I think Hyde's like a low-end running back too. So if you have to, then I think you should be okay playing him. Uh, not appealing though at all. And I think you probably agree the same way. I do agree. Um, I think uh, this could be – I think it's going to be a low-scoring game actually uh, in this one. And I could see Carlos Hyde being more of a grinder here. And I think Leonard Fournette and Carlos Hyde could potentially just be the focal points of this team here. Although – it could be a sneaky shootout now that I think about it because, unfortunately, J.J. Watt is out for the season mm-hmm. with a torn yep. pectoral muscle. They don't really have a rush outside of him. Secondary has been beat up. So if Garner Minshew can actually get it done, uh, then maybe they can chuck it all over the yard. But I'm not sure that actually happens. So I think it can be more of a grind-out game. Uh, how do you feel about Stills and Fells, who has very quietly been a, a top tight end the last five weeks? I think Stills, you kind of have to look at it as – you, I mean, you picked him up for his big playability, so you can't expect – like, you got to expect what he did last week, obviously, what, kind of, because they played the Raiders, and it was a high-scoring game. So that was kind of a little – it didn't match up, I guess you could say. But Robbie Anderson to start the game against the Jags last week. I think he went three for, like, 30 the first, I think, two drives, like their downfield threat, and then he got hurt. So I think there is – they're not really, like, a lockdown um, – for Jacksonville and obviously Bouye is going to be covering Hopkins so you definitely could I think it's like a wide receiver three and oh my gosh fellas he's, he's probably going to lead the league in tight touchdowns this year the way he's catching them <laughs> it's so dumb it's how it goes man somebody somebody does it every year that I mean Eric Ebron was that guy last year right yeah it's yeah I mean, they need to get a tight end like for as much as they don't they've never had a tight end but they always seem to use one they just need to sign a tight end well they used to have Ryan Griffin, who is now with the oh Jets, who caught two touchdowns this week, and nobody started him, and he crushed. Uh, let's move over to the Jacksonville side and uh, Garner Minshew. Um, you know, the hype, the hype, I think, is fizzled. Uh, but just, you know, in general, I think he's a good game manager. He can get it done. He's exciting to watch, but not putting up big numbers. Do you think he'll be able to uh, hang with, with the Houston Texans in this one? And would he be a quality start without J.J. Watt coming at him? If Derek Carr can, then yes, Gardner Minshew can. Oof. Oof, the old Gardner Minshew, Derek Carr. Uh, which which one, if you had to start both, who would you start? Um, well, well, if we – yeah, we'll go about it later. Uh, my choice is Derek Carr, but I'll explain later. Got you. Let's move on. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the Indianapolis Colts. Pittsburgh Steelers coming off of a very emotional, huge win on Monday Night Football over the uh, Mighty Dolphins and uh, the Colts – getting uh getting um, oh man getting a another emotional victory there um for the Colts side Pascal your boy uh another option here in the passing game and either one of those tight ends kind of the same conversation every single week uh for tight ends I'm going to keep choosing Doyle uh I don't ever want to play any of them but I'm going to keep choosing Doyle uh Pascal has pretty much solidified himself as the uh, the second, like, receiver threat, second uh, – he's played, like, 90% of snaps the last, like, three weeks. So, if you had two in a good matchup, I guess. But I don't – Pittsburgh is an okay matchup, so I'd probably stay away this week. Got it. Let's move, move over to the Steelers side. James Conner has a huge game, over 130 yards, leaves the game in a sling. Jalen Samuels finally practicing, but he's been out the last couple of weeks. Benny Snell gets hurt in this game. Um, not even sure the Pittsburgh Steelers have a starting running back on the roster that is notable for fantasy. Um, if 
obviously if Connor's healthy, you're starting him. If Samuels is healthy and Connor's out, you're starting him. I think this is just, we're going to need to know more information moving forward, but just a FYI that, you know, they're very banged up and Deontay Thompson, man, uh, huge game. Obviously uh, he had one nice 45 yard touchdown and then he had another one uh, down the sideline that they called, I believe they called either not a catch or, or offensive pass interference, I think is what they negated it with. But anyway, that was a bogus call. He had another about 50-yard completion there. Anyway, he's been playing very well. Juju played pretty well. Uh, what do you think about Deontay Thompson um, or anybody else on Pittsburgh? Can you trust them against the Colts? And do you believe in Mason Rudolph here to keep this uh, momentum going? They all did have a nice game, but it was against the Dolphins. I think you did this last time too. It's Deontay Johnson. Oh God damn it! Why do I do that every time? I don't. I feel like there was a Deontay Thompson, or maybe this. Dude, I'm is. looking him up. I'm looking him up. But uh, I'll, I'll take I'll take I'll take your reply as I listen. But why do I keep doing that? Okay, keep, uh, for, the, for the running backs, I think Samuel's actually is healthy, or <clears> they said he's going to play. Obviously, if he plays and Connor doesn't, uh, he's. I'd say, at least a flex play, but I think he's definitely an RB two. Uh, Broncos running backs kind of had their ease, not ease last week against the Colts, but they didn't have a hard time running in Pittsburgh. Obviously, is a way better O-line. Uh, Deontay Johnson, I think he kind of fits in the stills category, like a flex, uh, maybe a bi-week wide receiver too. But uh, yeah, I mean, we were talking about it before how the only reason he maybe looked good is because the Dolphins realized they want the number one pick. I, and then they just blitzed <laughs> everyone. I mean, like, well, my thing was, they should try and win the game because they played the Steelers and they have the Steelers' first-round pick. Yep. So I, I was hoping they were going to win just so it's like a win-win situation. But did you find anything on uh, your boy Deontay Thompson? Yeah, Deontay Thompson. Uh, he is a safety for the Arizona Cardinals. He went to the University oh, of yeah. Alabama. He's a rookie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's actually – he was uh, – his birthday is a week before mine. So, that's probably yeah, that's my, that's, that's my boy, Deontay Thompson. There safety for the Cardinals – not wide receiver for the Steelers, man. That's that's rough, dude. I feel like I feel like I should let the footballers know about that, and they can make a they can make a uh, nickname out of them just just oh, because. Gosh. Anyways, um, yeah, I'm 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 with you, man. I uh, I think the the Dolphins I think will go down in history as the only undefeated team and one of the uh, winless teams and the only winless and undefeated franchise, which would be pretty incredible. Let's move on. We have uh, the Bears and the Eagles, and we'll talk about some of these guys later on. For the Bears, David Montgomery finally uh, has his rookie breakout, over 130 yards rushing, a nice 60-yard run, which is great. Allen Robinson, who's been really solid the last couple of weeks, not much this week, but he's been pretty pretty steady. However, Mitch Trubisky um, has been terrible, and unfortunately – uh, there's no real other options there. Trey Burton is nowhere to be found. What do you feel? I know you like um, David Montgomery. I think, you know, you have him, you start him. I think it's it's that time. Allen Robinson, same thing. Uh, how do you feel about Tariq Cohen, who had a nice game this week? Pretty much strictly a receiver at this point, which we know. But he did finally find some room. And it could be hard to run against the Eagles. So maybe they swing it out in the flat more often. I... I liked Street Cohen. I think we talked about him a couple of weeks ago before they finally unleashed David Montgomery. So I don't really know. I guess we'll have to wait and see because I think if they return Montgomery back down to earth a little bit, then Cohen still is kind of like a PPR flex play. But it's 
I just don't get – like, last year their offense was so dynamic, and then they just turned it all off this year. Like, I, I seriously don't get it. It's very strange. And it seems that Matt Nagy, for some reason, is is extremely lost, and I'm not sure if it's the talent or what. And, uh, I, you know, I was actually – Oh, I mean, the Bears can't trade for a quarterback with what they have with Trubisky, but it'll be interesting to see if uh, they stick with him. I mean, he's on the rookie contract, so I guess they have another year or two. Um, but either way, we'll we'll see if they make a move there. On the other side, the Eagles. Um, which running back do you prefer for the Eagles, Miles Sanders or Jordan Howard? Uh, this week, Howard, just because I think Sanders is hurt. But I think we did see – not necessarily a swing. Uh, it was kind of like what Montgomery did last week. We saw more of an uptick with Sanders. He broke off a long run. Kind of, this is kind of what everyone was hoping for uh, when Dude, it came he's to. he's dope. Yeah, I, I think he's really good too. But I just think, I think, uh, gosh, but Peterson is smart enough to use both running backs where Nagy's not <laughs> in a sense. So I think they're, I don't think they're going to shy away from the running back by committee, but Sanders does have a very nice, I guess Anna Howard have a very nice schedule, uh, I think, like weeks 12 through 15, maybe. Mm-hmm. So if you can trade for him. Uh, when is the trade deadline, too, for fantasy, normal fantasy leagues? I don't even know. Uh, well, fantasy leagues are always – they're always determined on your league specific. Uh, the leagues that I'm the commissioner of – I'm the commissioner of three of the five leagues that I play in, and I always set the, the um, trade deadline for the Wednesday – before thanksgiving so generally and i think custom anyway is mid-november like like uh, espn or yahoo or something yeah. they said it to mid-november i'm not sure what week is that i can i'll, I'll dig into it i want to say 12 okay uh yeah i think it's right before the playoffs fantasy playoffs um okay. but but just in general as a commissioner of a league you can kind of put it whenever you want i know some leagues that put it on like week five that's like super though. early on purpose. Other ones put it like up until the championship game, I think. Yeah. I think so, teams and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, you can do whatever you want. I usually do it. I think Thanksgiving because that, that kind of gets everything settled right before the uh, fantasy playoffs. Uh, uh, <clears throat> let's talk about the uh, receivers here. Alshon Jeffrey, really the only consistent option. Uh, Deshaun Jackson. I'm not even sure he's going to play anymore, man. You mentioned it. I think a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I haven't heard any good news. Have you? He hasn't practiced. Like, he seriously hasn't practiced in two months. I don't – like, even like a non-contact I feel like would happen, but I something's either not being said or he literally just isn't practicing or I don't, I don't know. But they, they definitely need him back for sure. There was a lot of really surprising – non-trades that went that didn't go down i should like say on robbie Tuesday. anderson robbie anderson was one of the main ones i thought yeah, they wanted a, they wanted a second rounder or yeah they wanted they wanted like a matching uh new type contract so like a second rounder from a contender i think they got a fourth at best is what it said but we were just talking about it like they're not gonna there's no way he signs back there and no. they're just going to not take a free fourth-round pick, which they could draft, I don't know, like a Terry McLaurin receiver or like a Deontay Johnson or uh, – Yeah, and the, and the Jets are the Jets are rebuilding. I mean, as soon as Le'Veon Bell is able to leave, he will also. And they, they just, have to yeah. just – they're going to – you know, they already lost uh, – you know, they're losing defensive players. If Adams is going to want to leave, 
so you know Wilkins. I mean, they're they're definitely the Jets are a shit show, uh, they but they're gonna have to they're gonna have to start over anyway. So I'm with you. I I thought that was gonna happen, but it didn't. Uh, so Alshon Jeffrey is the main dude there. Um, are you comfortable with him against the Bears? Uh, yeah, I think so. I don't think the Bears have really showed any dominance by any means. So I think that's totally an okay start. Okay, and then uh, who is your ideal tight end for the Eagles? Oh my gosh. Um, I don't know. Cause I, I, I mean, I'm going to say Ertz, but every part of me wants me to say Goddard, but I know that's not even like the right answer at all. Um, well, hey, I'll ask you since you have both in the listener league. Goddard. All right. And I almost, just because I was way behind the eight ball, you did start Kenyon Drake again. I'll go over all this later in the week. You started Kenyon Drake and then found out he didn't travel the team. The game locked and you couldn't make a move. And you text me really early in the day. We're like, dude, I got a zero shit and i was like dude it's a long day look at my roster (laughs) like i got some scrubs and i think you beat me by like 50 or something you know it was it was brutal but um one of them uh was i have goddard nerds and in my flex i almost played them both and uh i almost started goddard over Ertz just to make a point i didn't do it because it just doesn't seem like the right thing to do. Goddard's the one that scores the touchdown. He actually outpointed Ertz. I still would have lost, but I thought that was funny and I almost did it. So to be honest with you, man, at this point, I think Goddard's the play. And I'm not telling people to sit Zach Ertz, but in a in a position with a good defense, I think here's what's going to happen. I think Ertz is the focal point of the offense for the weapons um, for the Eagles. A linebacker and a safety or an athletic defensive end or you know, slot corner, whatever, are going to double up and take out Ertz. Therefore, Goddard being on the field as well most of the time with two tight end sets is going to have single coverage automatically. He's equally as talented. He's faster. He's he's a little bit bigger. Um, and I think he's just going to be free more often. So to be honest with you, mm-hmm. I think Goddard's a better move. And we've seen the last couple of weeks. I mean, they're getting the same stat line, except for Goddard's catching the touchdowns. So in fantasy football with the tight ends, if you catch a touchdown, it's it's a weak winner. And um, it's weird, man. But, I again, I, I said this yesterday on the um, the Ballers and Stallers episode when I was recapping the week. Like, I made a bold prediction early in the season that uh, Zach Ertz would be outside of the top six and Dallas Goddard would be inside the top six. And it sounded crazy when everyone's drafting Zach Ertz in the second, third round. But here we are. And uh, I don't see it getting any better for Ertz, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I haven't watched an Eagles game since the Falcons game. Like, I just don't get them on TV or just don't watch them. I guess when I do, I'll watch another game or stream another game. So I have no clue. I mean, like, I, I don't know why he's doing better. Or like, I mean, I'm assuming it's kind of what you explained, and it makes sense because um, they have literally no receivers, no running backs. Like, it makes sense. And, and I think what, what worries me, what worried me preseason was that there's Alshon, there's Aguilar, there's Deshaun Jackson, and there's, da- there's Dallas Goddard, and Wentz might get hurt. Well, only DJX has gotten hurt, but everyone else is still around. And Dallas Goddard is the truth. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. they're just, they're not hyper-targeting Ertz like they did last year because they don't have to. They spread the ball around, which is successful for the, the offense, but not for fantasy football. So Ertz is still a top tight end. You know, again, I'm, I'm not trying to freak out on him, but um, it's interesting. And, and I would say right now, <clears throat> you know, we don't talk about tight end handcuffs, but I said preseason, the two tight end handcuffs that you must have in your league. I only have Ertz in one league 
and I, I drafted Goddard like four rounds early on purpose to make sure I got him because if anything happens to Ertz, Goddard's going to be a top three quarterback, uh, tight end the rest of the way. And we were saying that about Ebron and Doyle. They're obviously not as good as they were last year, but that kind of, you know, uh, tag team there. So I do like Goddard more than Ertz. Um, but of course, if you only have Ertz, you're, you're sitting pretty. However, if you can get Goddard like off of waivers or something and either keep Ertz or sell high on him and, and grab somebody else, I think it'd be worth your time. Yeah. I, I think it'd be interesting to see like the ADPs for next year, assuming that, or assuming that they're Ertz both and there. Goddard are still there. I yeah. don't see him. Why, why would they do that? Yeah, I think – I mean, I know Ertz is – there's no way he can be cocky. The only reason he's good is because he was targeted in the red zone the last two years. I think – I don't know. It'll just be interesting to see, uh, like, how the ADPs kind of play out with those two. Yep, I agree with you. Let's get into the next game. Uh, this is the not not game of the week here. This is the uh, the New York football Jets and the Dolphins coming off a crushing defeat on Monday Night Football to the Steelers for the Jets side – um, Sam Darnold, Robbie Anderson still on the team, uh, Jamison Crowder and maybe Chris Herndon, uh, you know, not sure if he's going to play at all came off of suspension and all of a sudden has a mystery hamstring issue after the fact, Darnold, Robbie Anderson, Crowder and Herndon. If he plays, are you playing all of them? We're starting the, uh, the jets strength of schedule stretch that I was talking about. Fire them all up. I, I oh. believe it. I believe in the bounce back. How about the DST? Uh, uh, oh gosh so like two weeks ago I would be away on board I actually picked him up in one league where I already have the Patriots defense I actually have the Bills defense rostered in the, I was gonna have three defenses rostered all in the AFC East sounds crazy but it's it's worth it that's how I got the Patriots defense I stashed them week one uh they traded Leonard Williams uh just across the state I don't I don't know to the Giants um Jamal Adams does not want to be there. C.J. Mosley's hurt. I think every – I just don't think – the strength of schedule is good, but their defense really isn't good to begin with. So, I'd say if you have to, but there's actually quite a bit of defense – defense is this stream this week. I'm with you. Um, I'm bringing up uh, – let's see. Darnold. Sam Darnold. <clears throat> Just give me one second. Next, uh, let's see. Upcoming schedule for the Jets, DST. It's juicy. At Miami, New York Giants at home, at Washington, Oakland at home, at Bungles, Dolphins at home, and then they have a you know terrible stretch in the playoffs, but you can get rid of them by then. But the next one, two, three, four, five, six games for the Jets uh, are a nice streaming defensive option there. So pay attention there to the DST. Let's jump over to the Dolphins, um, who somehow acquire Akib Talib from the Rams. That's so strange. Uh, that is quite pickling all around. Uh, they didn't give up shit for him, and they get him, who's a stud. And, uh, you know, you and I text really quick, and I was like, yo, that's going to be a super dope trade next season um, when the Dolphins might give a shit again. <clears throat> and Xavion Howard is motivated with, you know, Akib Tlaib, but I don't know what that does the rest of this season. Anyway, uh, Kalen Bellage, Devontae Parker, are you interested in anybody on the Dolphins here in this game? At home, I have to say, the first two drives of the game against the Steelers, the Dolphins look like almost an NFL football team. Um, the Jets are not good, uh, so this could be, this could be a dogfight. 
Yeah, I think uh, Balaj, no. I think I'm just going to cancel him out. It was uh, proven, I guess you could say, that Mark, Mark Walton, uh, Jason Moore's favorite uh, Dolphin running back. <laughs> His voice gets me every time, but it's uh, he's the starter, I guess, for, for who knows what reason, but he's proven to be the starter on that team. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I, I don't I mean, should have tried to trade for, like, Le'Veon Bell or something, I think. Or, like, Kenyon Drake. Dude, are you fucking kidding me? The Dude. Dolphins are done. This is ridiculous. No, I, they're going to be okay in, like, two years. But uh, <laughs> in terms of receivers, Devontae Parker, yes. Uh, and my Preston Williams, I've been on all year despite air yards. He had six or seven targets last week. And I think Parker has been very, very safe. Uh, with like 10 plus points the last couple of weeks. And they do have yep. kind of an easy schedule uh, ish upcoming. They have Jets, Dol- Jets, Colts, Bills is rough, Browns, Eagles, and the Jets again. So it's not a bad, uh, like a little flex throw in or maybe a wide receiver two throw in. So I think you can definitely start the receivers. I dig it. Let's go to Kansas City, potentially the game of the week here. Minnesota Vikings travel into Arrowhead Stadium to take on the Chiefs. Vikings, uh, let's just talk about Alexander Madison. Um, Thielen plays, you play him. Diggs, you're playing. Uh, Kirk Cousins, I think you're playing at this point. And Dalvin Cook, obviously. Um, Alexander Madison, I bring him up because he is obviously a backup running back, but he is, he'd be a starter on probably 20 of the 32 NFL teams. And the Chiefs, we keep mentioning it. The only way to, to hang with the Chiefs or beat the Chiefs is to run it up. Um, and if Dalvin Cook, you know, needs a breather here uh, with about 40 rushing attempts, I could see uh, Alexander Madison getting some work. Would you feel safe in a, in a deeper league as maybe a second flex here in, in what should be a pretty high-scoring game? Um, I, it's hard to say. I think if the Vikings are trying to, like, like, like you're saying, how to beat the Chiefs around the ball, they're trying to win the game. They'll see that it worked last week with the – uh, the Packers running both running backs. I don't know. I obviously don't think the Vikings are trying to run a dual back system at all. Um, he's just kind of a handcuff option. So I'm going to say deeply yes. But if he is – if Madison is on your waivers and any deep shallow league, does not matter, pick him up. Uh, Cook obviously has the injury history that everyone knows about, the reason everyone faded him this year in drafts. It could happen real quick, and Madison instantly becomes a running back one. Totally agree. Let's go to the Chiefs side. Uh, Moore looks pretty good. Matt Moore, um, of course, they they fall to uh, Rodgers late, but Matt Moore looked solid. Damian Williams uh, falls in for a touchdown. Shady McCoy fumbles his shit away. And uh, any Ty- – any, I put any non-Tyreek receiver, any other receiver, of course, over the last five weeks when Tyreek was out, they had all sorts of guys blowing up. Everyone's been pretty quiet. Of course, Mahomes has been out the last few weeks. Um, the Chiefs a few weeks ago were start everybody, don't think about it. Um, the Minnesota Vikings defense is not what it was a couple of years ago, but it's definitely still solid. Uh is there anybody on the Chiefs you're comfortable with starting other than Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey? Um, not not necessarily that I'm, like, comfortable with or that I want to. I mean, I guess maybe Shady. I think he's the starter. I, I say that with a question mark at the end because literally <laughs> no one knows. But, no. I mean, it, 
I, I hope uh, Mahomes comes back this week. He warmed up last week, so I, I don't. I seriously don't get where. Dude, I'm telling you, we talked about it last week, dude. If they, it, or we talked about Matt Ryan, but if they tape up, if they tape up Mahomes like they do with Rodgers and Brady and 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 uh, Ryan, I mean, he'll be fine, dude. Like Andrew yeah. Luck was like wearing like five inches of gear on his knees and his shoulders and elbows and shit, and he was still like able to move enough. Mahomes would be fine, and all they need is him in there to to be making plays happen. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I mean, if if Peyton Manning can win a Super Bowl with a broken arm, Mahomes can play. Jesus. Well, you know, credit to your defense, dude. The defense won the Super Bowl. I think everybody understands that. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Let's move on to a couple more games here. We'll do four more games. We'll take a break, and then we'll get into our uh, the last of the starts and sits, and then we'll get into our starts of the week, and then we will um, jump into our second half here. Uh, going down the, the middle stretch here of the games, Tennessee and Carolina – um, for Tennessee, Ryan Tannehill has looked just fine as a starting quarterback here for the Titans. Um, Corey Davis and A.J. Brown, nothing to do except for one game this season. And Jono Smith, nice game filling in for uh, Delaney Walker this year, uh, this week. Is there anybody on the Titans that you're feeling outside of Derrick Henry? Uh, Tannehill, if you're in a pinch, um, just because just I don't think he's going to make any dumb mistakes, that's really going to cost you. I think they're going to be in every game uh, like you saw last week and the week before. So it's going to come down to the end. They're going to be throwing the ball. Johnny Smith, actually, I do like in this matchup. If you look at Carolina's just like points allowed numbers, uh, I actually had this scenario last week. I decided where if I wanted to start Kittle or Hunter Henry, kind of in like a must-win game. And I ended up going Kittle. I looked at like the points allowed per game, and Carolina was like third best. And then I actually kind of looked into it to who they played. There was no team that really featured with tight end. I think the best was like Trey Burton, I think. Great call, dude. I know, and it ended up – I mean, it was – I won by, like, 40 points anyways, but it was – I mean, it worked out. But so what I'm saying is I would say you can start Johnny Smith pretty confidently, kind of like a low-end tight end one. Uh, you don't have your rankings done, but I'm sure you'll have them around that range, um, especially with the four buys. I don't even think there is any tight ends in the buys. But no. No, the the buy well the buys this week and I was going to go over at the end, but the buys this week are the Rams, the Saints, the Falcons, and the Bungles. So tight ends: Gerald Everett, Jared Cook, Austin Hooper, obviously the number one tight end right now, and uh, Tyler Eifert, who came back to life last week actually, but hasn't been much recently. So not a ton on the on the tight end wire there, but I do want to piggyback on something you just mentioned. I'm really glad you brought this up because. This is super important when you look at rankings, especially something like tight end where it's a single position, whereas like wide receivers and running backs are different. Their game script, it's like, do they pack the box or their other guys are splitting with receivers, blah, blah, blah. Tight ends are interesting and tight end defenses. When you look at the rankings on Yahoo, ESPN, you know, uh, whatever, Sleeper, CBS, whatever you're doing your leagues on, you have that little kind of, you know, green, yellow, or red mm -hmm. <laughs> tag of if, if they're a plus matchup or not. And Carolina's up against the defenses. That's really cool you brought that up um, because they were – I think they're 26th still, and Kittle beat them up last week. And they're still 26th, which, which means like a rough – you know, like the sixth uh, hardest is basically what that means matchup. But listen to this. Uh, from the beginning of the season, um, the, they played Gerald, Gerald Everett, who wasn't Gerald Everett yet, they played Tampa Bay, who hasn't used their tight end yet. Mm -hmm. Arizona doesn't have a tight end. Houston doesn't have a tight end. Well, Fells kind of, but hasn't been doing much um, 
at that point. Jacksonville doesn't have a tight end. Tampa Bay, again, who doesn't have a tight end. A bye week and then George Kittle. So that is obviously going to keep their tight end against numbers very low. So I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's something really important to look deeper into. Don't just see a number like that and get scared without doing your homework. Because you did that, and you're like, oh, shit, that looks like a negative matchup. Let me take a minute to see how bad it actually is. Once you look into something like that, you're like, wait a minute. You know, they haven't even played anybody yet, and I have George Kittle. Like, I probably would have played him anyway, but I'm not not worried about it. You know what I mean? The the number is strictly based on other numbers, but you have to look at the the whole situation. I'm really glad you brought that up. Let's let's move on to um, the Carolina Panthers, who – Looks like, you know, Kyle Allen's going to continue to be the starter there. Cam Newton, I think this is a big sign for Cam Newton and Kyle Allen. So Kyle Allen got his first loss. He threw his first interception and whatever. He was 5-0, and played very well, but came down to earth. Cam Newton is obviously not ready enough to play because they lost, and Cam Newton's still not going to play this week. I think that is a note to Cam Newton that he's far from recovery, and Kyle Allen is safe with his job there. Um on the other side, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel haven't been able to do much this year again. Uh, and Greg Olson has kind of disappeared as well. Um, Christian McCaffrey is, you know, out of this world. But anybody else on Carolina that you're feeling in this game, which I think could be a defensive battle with the, uh, with the Titans and the Panthers here. Um, outside of Christian McCaffrey, is there anybody on the Panthers that you're excited to start? Uh, I think Moore and Samuel, uh, like rest of season two, are kind of just matchup proof. Obviously, I don't know why you would have started him last week anyways. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just don't really see an upside in that game at all. But Titans, yeah, Mike Evans went nuts against them. But Jameis Winston, if you watch that game, literally just threw the ball up in the air. Dude, he's so bad. He's so fucking bad. It's going to be kind of cool when him and Mariota both don't start next year. They're getting so much money guaranteed, and they're going to be so bad. But, I I mean, I think I would start DJ Moore. Uh, wide receiver two-ish probably. Uh, he's kind of just in that big play, uh, maybe like a eight for 80 kind of line is kind of mm-hmm. like what he kind of goes for. Okay. Uh, on your Allen Newton, uh, I guess, talk or whatever, I think this game and maybe next game are going to decide who kind of starts uh, like rest of season because obviously they're not winning the division. Um, no. Yeah, it's just not happening. So they're kind of battling for that wild card spot. They play Titans this week, Packers next week, and then Falcons. But I honestly think Falcons could beat them uh, if Matt Ryan's healthy just because Panthers' offense isn't like – yeah, they have McCaffrey, but it's not like a explosive offense by any means. But I think – I mean, I don't really know how healthy Cam Newton is, but I think it'll kind of decide here pretty soon if Kyle Allen can really get them to the playoffs. Okay. I agree with you. I, I do like uh, Curtis Samuel too. And I think I would put the edge on Curtis Samuel. Actually, I just think he's got better, bigger, bigger play potential, but I think both those guys are kind of hit or miss there. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, let's go to Washington and Buffalo here. Um, Terry McLaurin would be the only uh, Washington player. Anybody else? Uh, no, the over unders at like 36 or something. <laughs> just steer away at all costs. Let's go to the Buffalo side. Singletary finally plays a little bit, but he gets shelled. Uh, your boy, John Brown. Um, both seem like decent flyers against the uh, Washington squad, no? Yeah, I think so. And I think uh, Singletary, 
took I took a lot of Gore's carries. I didn't really did Gore get hurt by any, if you know by any chance. I'll double check, but Frank Gore doesn't get hurt, so I'll, I'll that's sure. Yeah, he's the almighty Frank Gore. Uh, Gore is probably just like yo, you can take the rest of the work or something. Yeah, he's probably like, dude, I'm 36. Why don't you take a few snaps? <laughs> but no, I think Singletary's a really good play. Uh, I think he was. He just got hurt, obviously, but I think he was or is every week. Uh, Bills like to run the ball, obviously, because their their quarterback is Josh Allen. But I think this week, especially, I think it'll really be uh, Singletary's breakout week. Or, I mean, last week was, but it'll be his uh, kind of show prove to you he's a flex play week in fantasy. Frank Gore nine rushes for thirty four yards. Devin Singletary three for nineteen. Um, he caught a couple it, of passes, I think. Yeah, doesn't yeah, it doesn't look like Frank Gore got hurt. I think this was just kind of a dude. The Eagles just beat him up. And I actually said the other way around. I last week when we did this episode, I I'm pretty sure I said that I thought the Bills were going to beat up the Eagles. That just straight up didn't happen. Well, I mean, the Eagles the Eagles played really well and they were on the road. I just thought at home the Bills would do a better job shutting them down, but the Eagles definitely came to play. Well, I mean, did you see the weather? It was like yeah, 30, yeah that's why they won. Sure. I mean, are you going to let Josh Allen with the, the most inaccurate QB beat you in 30 mile per hour wins against the best run defense in the league? Like, I mean, like. Eagles didn't have to do much to win that game. Right. Yeah, another rough game in uh, at Cleve- or in uh, New England as well with the rain and stuff like that. So definitely the time of year where weather is going to start becoming a factor. I'm with you there. Let's go into uh, Seattle where Tampa Bay comes to town. Oh, boy. Jameis Winston against the 12s in Seattle. Um, I'm calling it right now. Jameis Winston – 350 and three touchdowns, four interceptions. Oh my God. It's I over, over, over under four total turnovers for Jameis. I mean, I think if I had a pick, I'd go three for sure. The thing is I like him so much and I seriously don't get how you can't fix that. Like where is a QB coach at? Like I I don't think it's, I gotta be honest, man. I don't think it's a coach straight up. I just don't I, – I said this when he came out of college. Again, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a Duck Homer, Super Mariota fan, growing up in Eugene, you know, like seeing the Ducks when they were Super Ducks and shit, and Mariota was a huge part of that. So I watched that draft class and the Heisman race and all that very closely, and Jameis was like our nemesis at Florida State. Uh, in that particular time frame, they came out together, yada, yada. Jameis Winston immediately to me was like not ready. And honestly, I compared um, – Haskins to Jameis Winston. And I just think like they're, they're immature. Like, yeah, they're fucking super talented. But my dad used to always say that, you know, uh, the kids who were really good in sports, but they were dumb as shit and didn't use their talent were like million dollar arm, 10 cent head. And I think Jameis Winston is that guy. He's super duper talented. And you can see it when he just, when he does just fling the ball or he makes a great play, you're like, wow, he is so good. And then he does super dumb shit, like throw it directly at the dude or take four sacks in a row, you know, or just like throw three consecutive interceptions or something dumb. Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, Bruce Arians is the dude. He is. And I think he took the job with the hope that Jameis would like fix himself. And they had all the talent in the world otherwise on offense. And they just straight up don't. And I'm, I don't think it's a coach, man. I really, I really believe that Jameis is just sporadic, man. I, I just don't think you can fix him because he's not fixing himself. Yeah, it's he's great for fantasy though for Mike Evans because sure. he's sure. I mean, like, Ryan Fitzpatrick is good for fantasy. Like mm-hmm. Jay Cutler was good for fantasy. Yeah, 
but I don't want them on my fucking football team. No, not <laughs> you at know all. what I'm saying? Like, oh, dude, that sucks because their defense is surprisingly so good. Like, they could easily be a playoff team if they threw three less interceptions a game. I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, I think you could start them obviously <clears throat> in this matchup, though, if you were asking that. Because I mean, Seattle's defense is average at best, and you could start them last week against Tennessee. So, OJ Howard did not get traded. Thought that was going to happen. Um, we'll see if he plays or if he doesn't. He was inactive last week. Uh, Cameron Brait, I started him three for 32. That's pretty much his line every single week, but every once in a while he catches a touchdown. Do you have any confidence if OJ Howard is inactive again? And if OJ Howard plays, are you playing OJ Howard? Um, if he's inactive, Cameron Brait's about as easy five points as you can get with an upside of. 10 I guess you could say but I don't know it's so uh OJ Howard's so disappointing it's just yeah another weird situation can't really yeah. explain that one I've been I've yeah. been looking I I drafted him drafted him early in my league of record um I've been sitting on him I touted him super high he was my he was actually I think I ended up eventually putting him over Zach Ertz when it came down to it I think I had him at three and and Ertz at, at uh, four in preseason rankings, um, I mean, I've watched all the tape, and I, you know, I just can't come up with uh, <laughs> with a thought on on uh, OJ Howard. I think we're all just stumped. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. I'm just I don't know if it's just like Arians doesn't want to. Do. The problem is he he's getting targets, he's getting air yards, he has random like 28 yard receptions called back for holding like once a week. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's making shit happen. It just isn't developing it's very strange um i'm with you though fire up Jameis and just you know just don't watch the game and Brayton, yeah. i'm sitting either way and oj howard i guess i would fire up if you need a tight end here let's jump over to seattle dk metcalf finally gets in the end zone he has the most red zone targets in the entire nfl um Coming into last week, he was the only receiver in the NFL with double-digit targets that hadn't scored a touchdown. He finally got two touchdowns. Both of them were very short touchdowns. But nonetheless, he's a huge body. Russell Wilson's the man. DK uh, gets his two touchdowns. Um, Are you confident starting DK Metcalf? Not even in like a deep flex. I'm talking like wide receiver 2-3 with all the Rams receivers, Michael Thomas, uh, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley, and Tyler Boyd, and Alden Tate on – uh, by there's a ton of receivers on by this week. I mean, I the answer is yes, and I think I would start him over Ridley. Well, shoot, I'd start him over Woods. Um, obviously now Cooks because he's hurt every week. He's, I mean, his, the game he had last week is not what I expect out of him, but it works, I guess. When he misses on the four catches for like sixty yards, if he's just mm-hmm. gonna catch two touchdowns every work, that's fine by me. Uh, sure. Yeah, I think he's just definitely a wide receiver three with two upside. Hollister seems to be the tight end right now in Seattle getting the work. Tampa Bay is the worst against the tight end in the league. You think Hollister would be a nice uh, sneaky stream at tight end? Please do not play him in any of your lineups. (laughs) There's definitely a – play O.J. Howard over him. Like, come on. Fair enough. Uh, He he seems like one of those tight ends, though, who would have two catches for two touchdowns. I'm just just throwing it out there. Yeah, and like five yards maybe or something. Hey, man, two two touchdowns is two touchdowns. That's true. Uh, let's get into one more game. We'll take a break. Detroit Lions and the Oakland Raid is for Detroit. Um, Karen Johnson, obviously out. Ty Johnson was the one that everybody picked up last week and didn't do anything. He did have the most carries, but 
Trey Carson, who was called up from the practice squad, um, another duck nemesis from his fluke uh, bullshit not tackle at Auburn, but we don't talk about that. Um, he was uh, he actually had the most rushing yards last week. Uh, J.D. McKissick uh, there as well in the passing game. There's a lot going on in the backfield for Detroit. I'm not sure I want any part of it, though. I mean, I'm not starting any of them, but I think it's funny how everyone picked up Ty Johnson and totally disregarded the fact that when Kenryon Johnson was healthy, they still used the committee. Mm-hmm. Like for, for some reason, him getting hurt just, like, removed that fact. So, I think, I don't know. It was, it was just kind of comical to see Trey Carson take, like, the first five carries and everyone just freaking out on Twitter. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was funny because Trey Carson is terrible. I don't ask yep. to, like Ty Johnson's actually good, and I just don't know where. I don't know. I, just, I mean, it doesn't make any sense, but a lot of fantasy doesn't. So you know, it's it's so funny. Um, I I don't need to get too much into my personal life here on the podcast, but uh, I was at a high school football game um, a couple weeks ago. I ran into another parent out there and we were watching the game together and he's a high school baseball coach. We were talking coaching and blah, blah, blah. And I just made a comment that was just like, I want to coach high school ball someday to like, see if I actually know what the fuck I'm talking about or if I'm just blowing smoke, you know, because when I watch games, I've played sports my whole life. I've coached a bunch and all levels I've refereed, you know, whatever I'm a sports nerd, but I watch games like on the professional level and you see a kid like, uh, Ty Johnson, and then you see Trey Carson, who's been in the league forever and never done anything. And there's clear opportunity, more talent, more burst, more hustle, everything else. And not getting the proper amount of work, not just feeding him, not giving him the goal line carries, don't use him in the passing game. Like the professional coaches who have dedicated their entire fucking lives to the shit in my opinion, are not doing the right thing constantly. And my lady always yells at me on the couch because I'm fucking screaming at the television of like what they should do. And then 30 seconds later, the commentator says exactly what I just fucking said. And it's like, I got to pull my hair out sometimes, bro. These guys just drive me insane. Like, I don't understand how professional talent scouts don't see the things that like you and I do as general fans. And Ty Johnson, I think is a perfect example. It's, it's just people, I, to me, I think... Like, I feel the same way. I just think people are scared. Like, to me, like, this whole Broncos thing that we don't need to talk about, like, the play calling. Like, what does Skangarello have to lose? Like, at worst case, he goes back, what, back to the 49ers and coach the Super Bowl team as a quarterback coach? Like, it just – I don't know. It's just – I think they're just scared. Like, why maybe Patricia's scared that if he puts in Ty Johnson, he fumbles it and they lose the game to the Giants and he loses his job or something like that maybe or – this whole O.J. Howard thing, maybe they target him too much and Arians loses his job. I just, there's a lot of variables, obviously, but I think that's a big one. So odd. So odd. Let's get over to uh, Marvin Jones. Uh, it was Marvin Jones week two weeks ago, four touchdowns, of course, Kenny Galladay week this week. Um, do you think it goes back to Marvin Jones against the Raiders, who just gave up five touchdowns to Aaron Rodgers two weeks ago? Do you think that uh, both these guys go crazy? I mean, if you have, I Marvin, do. <laughs> I mean, if you have Marvin Jones on your roster still, you've bought into that fact that that's what happens with him. So you just got to keep keep plugging away and hope the rest of your team is consistent. I think it could be a a boom week for sure this week on the Oakland side. Uh, Jacobs and Waller, you're starting automatically. Uh, how about your boy Derek Carr here against the Lions? Oh, we'll talk about him later. But I boom. Think, Spoiler alert. Hey, well, yeah, we'll leave it at that. 
Tyrell Williams came back last week. He catches a touchdown every single week. Uh, you think he'll catch another one here? Darius Slay did not get traded. Another surprising no, no trade. Um, Tyrell Williams. We'll probably talk about him whenever we go through our rankings and like uh, whatever, like the redraft and stuff. I'm assuming, but he is surprisingly good. Like it's so it's so strange how mm-hmm. good he actually is. Uh, it was. Or sorry, go ahead. No, no, it's funny. Last year, I, I made the same case I did this year with the Mike Williams, Keenan Allen thing. Mm-hmm. I said the same thing last year. And of course, Mike Williams got hurt and Keenan Allen crushed and I look like a fucking moron. But I made the same stake this year because I really believe that Mike Williams is just straight up better than Keenan Allen. Uh, I know it's not a popular opinion, but that's how I feel and whatever. What I said last year, though, was that Keenan Allen would lose out to Mike Williams and Tyrell Williams. And the couple of games that those guys were all on the field it was deep bombs. Like Philip Rivers has a terrible arm and he looks like Eli Manning when he throws these days, but he still gets the ball downfield and he wants to chuck it. And Tyrell Williams was catching 60 yard post touchdowns every other week with the chargers. And then he went over to Oakland and then they got Antonio Brown and was like, well, he's still the second fiddle, whatever. Well, now he's the number one dude. And if he stays healthy, he is a beast. You're right. He is really good. I think he can be a true number one. And John Gruden and Derek Carr like to throw the ball deep too. So I think he's, I think he's sneakily like one of the better, you know, top 30, you know, like 20 legit NFL receiver, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's a, he's a starter each week in, in fantasy as well. Yeah, I think he's not what I expected, I guess. Uh, for Darius Slay, did you see what they were asking for? Um, what was the, I heard the language. It was, it was too much. Is what it, was it, was. Like, it was the Jalen Ramsey type pack. Uh, they wanted yeah, a, that's what it was. Yeah. They wanted a same package for a 30 year old receiver that a 24 year old top cornerback in the league got like, what? Nope. Like wait, what? <laughs> that makes no sense. Yeah. Um, Ty- I like Tyrell Williams. I'm a little bit worried about the, uh, you know, the Lions defense, I think, is a little bit better. I think the Lions are just much better than their record has to say, although I think Derek Carr and uh, Stafford against pretty low-level defenses, this has potentially the highest scoring game of the week, sneaky, and uh, there could be a lot of fantasy output here. So I will go and start Tyra Williams, and, of course, you're starting Jacobs, Waller, and Derek Carr. Dun-dun-dun. We'll hear more about that after the break. Hey, listeners, let's take a break here. If you like what you're hearing and you want to find us outside of the podcast, please like and follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod, on Twitter at TCK underscore pod, on Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. And of course, you can drop us an email at tckpod at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening, leave a rate and review. We much appreciate your feedback and participation there. And go see our website, tckpod.com for weekly rankings and Lucas's start sit article. Before we get into the second half of our episode with our starts of the week, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. Stay tuned. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. 
Anchor's the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's Anchor. Dot fm slash start i can't wait to hear your podcast let's get into los angeles where we take on the chargers and they have the privilege of hosting the red hot aaron Rodgerses. uh the chargers accidentally get a win after the bears miss another field goal unbelievable um luck there in chicago nonetheless uh, let's talk about the the packers aaron Rodgers, aaron jones done um Jamal Williams, two touchdowns last week, still relevant somehow. Any other receiver, let's have two answers. Devontae Adams plays. Who else are you playing in the receiving core? Devontae Adams does not play. Who are you playing in the receiving core? Uh, I think the answer is nobody for both, and I'm going to stick with that one. Whether he plays or not. I, I don't know. I mean, if he plays, no, but if he doesn't play, like who could you have started these last four weeks? Allison's the only one. I mean, early on it was MVS because we assumed he would be the guy and he just hasn't been able to. Uh, mm-hmm. Allison is the dude who's at least getting like the touchdown work. But you're right. I mean, Jake Kumaro's getting long touchdowns. MVS scored a 70 yarder against yeah, the Raiders or whatever, but that was on a fucking four yard screen play. Yeah. Um, Aaron Jones, the wide receiver one right now. I was going to say, Aaron Jones is the best receiver. You're, you're totally right. How about Jimmy Graham? Uh, I mean, with Everett and Hooper and I, maybe Cook on a bye, I guess. Sure, I might as well. Let's go to the Chargers side. We were just talking about Phillip Rivers. Uh, are you confident playing Phillip Rivers uh, as a streamer? He's kind of the inevitable streamer. Do you like him at home here uh, against the uh, secondary for the Packers, who's been quite impressive? He'd be like a low-end stream. Uh, I don't Something's just not clicking for these Chargers offense. I don't know what it is. Gordon Eckler. I mean, I'm going to stick with my man Eckler, uh, but it's just such a bad situation. It's just not a Gordon, bad. Gordon didn't get traded either. The, I was Shocking. Actually, I was thinking about this. So all the people that have demanded money the last two years, Le'Veon Bell, he's on the Jets. Antonio Brown's not even in the league anymore. And Gordon got forced back into ruining one of the best fantasy football running back seasons of all time. I'm just saying, the people when people demand money, it just everything goes bad. Bad karma, bro. Bad karma. Uh, Allen Williams. Um, if they're both healthy, who do you prefer? Uh, I mean, I prefer Allen, obviously. Uh, Williams is like the. I think he's like top ten in terms of like air yards per game, air yards Ooh. per target. He just hasn't kind of. He caught ten touchdowns last year. Has, God. Zero this year. God, dude, like, put him put him on the other side of Devonte Adams. For real, though, like, I know, oh my God, dude! I, I, I don't even know. If, like, Fifteen that's... touchdowns, minimum. Yeah. For real, like, holy shit! 
That's just so strange. He's so be- sick. I'm in love with Mike Williams, man. I have been since he came out of Clemson and when he was a rookie, and I'm all about it. He fucking, like, broke his back his rookie year, came back last year, got hurt again, came back this year, and he was, like, my sleeper of the year and bounce back candidate and all this shit. He's still hurt, and it bums me out, but he just – He's a monster, man. I just wish he could stay more healthy, and I wish the Chargers were more flowing. But he gets those yeah. air yards, and you always say it, man. Air yards don't lie. So, so eventually it should, it should catch up to him. Let's get into uh, the possible game of the week here. Uh, unfortunately, the Broncos are going to be without their all-pro Super Bowl winning oh, MVP quarterback, God. Joe Flacco. So I'm sorry uh, to break that news to you. Don't However, they, they do get to play. Uh, your Cleveland Browns here. So this is going to be a tough game for you. Um, we'll see who you get uh, rooting for here at the end of the episode. On the Brown side, Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, are you starting either one of them against the Broncos defense? It'd be hard to start them, but I didn't draft any of them. There you go. And for the, <laughs> Bron- for the Broncos side, uh, I'll ask you again this week, which running back do you prefer? Uh, both. I, I, I think both is the right answer now. I think they both give you the 12 a week. I mean – if Royce gets a touchdown, 16, but I don't really think there's a pick anymore. I mean, Lindsey's kind of – I think he's far past his 190-yard touchdown games, just the way the offense is flowing. So I think both's yep. the right answer. Um, we'll see what happens with uh, the quarterback change. Emmanuel Sanders is gone. Cortland Sutton getting double teamed. Uh, the two cornerbacks are back finally for the Browns. Is Cortland Sutton an automatic start? Uh, yeah, I mean, he had, he had two drop balls beginning of the game last week that would have been like 30 more yards and maybe like obviously two more points in PPR. So I think he's definitely still fine. Shockingly, okay, so, I mean, you obviously saw in the listener league, I dropped Cole Beasley for Deshaun Hamilton. Because in my mind, they, at minimum, Deshaun Hamilton's going to get the 10 points that Beasley gets every week with the upside. He Psych. got z- zero points. I had two <laughs> zeros last week. Oh, it's cool, dude. I'm pretty sure you won by 50, so that's not a big deal. But uh, anyone other than Sutton is the question. Uh, nope. Fant, maybe. Like, I mean, no one but Fant, I think, is probably the only one who takes some of the work. I would fire up both of these DSTs. Yes, for sure. Two games left. Sunday Night Football, New England Patriots, Baltimore Ravens. This will be the game of the week for a show. Um Brady against the – let's go quicker here. Uh, starter sit, Brady. Uh, start. On the road against the Ravens. Um, any running back, which sounds ridiculous, but James White is getting uh, sniped by Rex Burkhead. Rex Burkhead is Rex Burkhead. Uh, Sonny Michelle either scores three touchdowns or he runs for 40 yards and nothing. Um, and Brandon Bolden, who will score that nobody will start. You're never going to play him. Which running back would you start for the Patriots? James White. I hate Sonny Michelle. Mohamed Sanu, do you think he will break out a little bit in this game? No, there's too many receiving options. Okay. And your boy Edelman, of course. Let's go to the Baltimore side. Uh, let's go with Mark Ingram um, and Hollywood Brown. Anybody this week against the New England defense that is first or second in every category with the 49ers in the league? Lamar Jackson and Andrews are the only two that I could – I'm thinking about sitting Jackson in my money league right now, my main league. I would, dude. I it's I have Daniel Jones, my other option. And, and Kyler, I would start I would start Jackson, dude. I got, 
Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, super flex league. Um, it's rough. Jackson, Jackson, it's so rough. and Jackson and Jones. You you can't play Kyler against the 49ers, dude. Don't yeah. do that. Jones plays Dallas. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but he's at home and that's true, uh, dude. The Dallas defense is not the 49er yeah. defense or the Patriots defense. Okay. Um, Belichick takes out the best weapon. Who do you think? I mean, it's Lamar Jackson, but how do you contain? But can he? He that has quarterback. The thing is, I don't. I've not that I can remember. I've never seen him play a, a mobile QB. Because did he did he ever play Kaepernick? Um, I should have looked this up because I'm kind of yeah. interested to see how this works. I'm not sure. I wonder if he ever played Vic. Without, I mean, yeah, back then when he would have played Vic, it was Brady's offense that was stacked, not the other way around. So I don't know. That's true. I don't know. We should we should dive deeper into that. I like that. Um, but we'll see. I mean, you know, only you know in 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 the playoffs, uh, you know, it was the only opportunity. But that's something different. I mean, I don't think you would call Mahomes the type of more mobile quarterback. No, no. Um, you know, he's a playmaker, but not a, a mobile quarterback. So yeah, it's interesting. I think I would go Lamar Jackson because you know I think you just you just have to. But I would definitely temper expectations. Let's let's oh, say yeah. it this way. I think Lamar Jackson has more rushing yards than pass yards this, this week. Well, shoot, he does in normal games. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah, Go ahead. 100 rushing yards. I'll take the 10 points and move on with the week. Bam. Monday Night Football, Dallas, New York Football Giants. Uh, Michael Gallup with Amari Cooper coming back. Of course, the Cowboys coming off of a bye. Uh, Michael Gallup and Jason Witten always has a touchdown against the Giants. I feel good about both of them. Is there anybody else on Dallas that you are – uh, feeling, of course, Zeke, Dak, and Amari are automatics as well. Yeah. No, I think you just start the the core the core starters. There's no one else. Cool. And for the Giants, uh, Daniel Jones against these uh, Cowboys. We were just talking about it. Um, not sure you're going to have a, a, another choice in your league, but just in general, do you feel confident about Daniel Jones? I mean, in in my league, the decision is Hunter Henry or Daniel Jones right now. So we'll, we'll see what I decide with, but. Superflex, yeah. He's not a streamer by any means. There's definitely other options. Any receiver for the Giants? Tate. I mean, I think it's about as it's about as James White on the receiver side as you can get with Golden Tate. Cool. That's our starter sits for week nine. Let's bust out our picks for the week. Last week, um, you were twelve and three, good sir, and I was eleven and four. Um, so congratulations. We will keep a running toll from here on for the second half and see how we do later on. We'll have to come up with some sort of wager. Um, I'm not really into like weird, humiliating bullshit, like stuff like that. I'm not into that stuff uh, or money or whatever. We should just come up with something fun just for shits. Um, Niners, Cardinals. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the Niners in this one. Great call. I'm not <laughs> going with the Cardinals. Uh, Texans, Jags. I was tempted to take Minshew, but I'm just going to take Houston. Watson will have a last-minute drive. I agree. Colts, Steelers. The spread on this was one, minus one for the Colts. I think the Colts kill them, honestly. I agree. Bears, Eagles. Eagles. A rematch of last year's debauchery. Fucking oh, gosh. bullshit wild. wild uh, it's a revenge game. Wild, oh, dude, I bet. Jordan Howard. Oh, Christ. I, I Dude, I bet the Bears smash them up. Um, actually, I don't know because they don't have a quarterback and their defense isn't that scary. So maybe the Eagles win this game. I'm going to go with the Eagles, uh, but I could see the Bears uh, getting back at them. We'll see what happens here. Let's go with the Jets and the Dolphins. Well, I did say five Sam Darnold, but Miami Dolphins will take this one home. 
There you go, man. You win for them last week. Came up short, although I'll give you a half a point because they were dominating at halftime, although it wasn't a full point, unfortunately. So I'm going to go with the Jets. And uh, let's go with the Vikings and the Chiefs. I mean, I went Kansas City. This is just so hard to pick Minnesota. Skull Vikes. Skull Vikes. It's just so hard to pick Minnesota. Kirk Cousins is not the answer. I'll tell you what. Either is Matt Moore. I'll go with the Vikings defense. Titans, Panthers. I take Panthers. I think a bounce back is going to come. I'm going to go with the Titans here. A bunch of road teams for me. This is this is starting to sound kind of weird. Uh, Washington and Buffalo. Buffalo's going to kill them. I agree. Uh, Buccaneers and Seattle. Seattle. <laughs> I agree as well. Lions, Raiders. I'm going to go to Detroit. I think Stafford's been playing hot against a crappy defense. Should be a, should be a good uh, spot for him. Totally agree with your take, but I'm going to – for some reason, I'm feeling the Raiders at home. I, I just think it, they're, they're similar teams. The Raiders randomly win one of these games and in like a 42 to 38 shootout or something. So I'm just gut call going to take the Raiders here. Uh, Packers, Chargers. Packers. Packers as well. Browns, Broncos. It's Brandon Allen season. Brandon Allen season. Fire them up. I'm going to stick with the Browns, uh, but I do wish you luck. Let's go with Sunday Night Football, the Patriots and the Ravens. I mean, I took the Patriots – I, to me, I get it's a home game. I just don't see where Baltimore like beats the Patriots. Like I don't see where this offense gets them because they're not going to throw on them. They're not going to get the ball to Mark Ingram. Like I I just seriously don't see where they get them here. I just think it's an ugly one. And if the Patriots are going to lose a game this season, it's Sunday night. And so I'm just uh, hoping that they lose a game. So the Niners are the only undefeated team. So I'm going to go with the Ravens. Oh, there you go. Okay, makes sense. Cowboys, Giants. Dallas. Dallas. I'm going to go with you. Let's go with our starts of the week real quick, man, and then we'll get into uh, some other quick talk here. Starts of the week. Um, last week we crushed, so well done. Both of our tight ends actually just blew it. It was, uh, I, it was a hard I, week for tight ends. It was. I had Darren Waller. He did have a touchdown. He, I think he dropped another one or he was called out of bounds or something, but could have had a huge game. He did have a touchdown, but very little production otherwise. And you're starting him to really kind of be that Kittle, Kelsey, Ertz guy now. He wasn't. So I'm going to call that a loss. Everett had a down game as well because it was all Cooper Cup. So we missed on our tight ends. However, Jared Goff and Matt Stafford went off. Chris Carson, Leonard Fournette went off. New Hopkins, Tyler Lockett went off. And the Steelers and the Vikings defense went off. So we'll take uh, we'll take eight out of ten. Not bad. I'll let you start, man. Who was your start of the week at the quarterback position? There's actually, like, quite a bit of people. Or, like, quarterbacks I could toss in here. Uh, I put Derek Carr, but I think all kind of in the same boat are Derek Carr, Matt Stafford, and Gardner Minshew. They all play really, really bad secondaries that have been uh, exposed as of late. But I think Derek Carr for sure, riding off what should have been a win last week. Tyrell Williams is back in full. Uh, John Gruden is somehow becoming a good coach. Uh, I just think Detroit, <laughs> Detroit got ho- They got four touchdowns. Daniel Jones had four touchdowns. And Evan Ingram, I don't even – did he get hurt? Or uh, he just didn't play, I guess, or – yeah, I mean, it's just – I think that's just what he does. He gets, like, kind of hurt and leaves half the game and then comes back and crushes, but he never yeah. does a full slate. So, Derek Carr, four touchdowns. Oof, 
Ooh, that's quite the quite the prediction there. I'm going to take Sam Darnold. Looked better sure. last week. He did have his three touchdowns or his three interceptions, excuse me. Um, and of course, he looked terrible against the Patriots. But I'm going to give him a pass there. I just think he comes back around. Uh, the Jets are horrendous. Um, I have no reason to pick Sam Darnold. I basically just think that Sam Darnold against Miami could have a nice game. Again, Mason Rudolph had a terrible first half, but in the second half, he was definitely finding some seams, and I think Sam Darnold is significantly better than Mason Rudolph, although weapons are a little bit less. So I'm going to take Sam Darnold just in that. I think of all the streaming quarterbacks this week, I'm most confident uh, with him against the uh, Dolphins. How about your running back? Well, this is also a hard one because I didn't see you had Coleman because Coleman's going to run for another three touchdowns this week. So I put Singletary. Well, okay, I had Montgomery, then I kind of thought about it, then I put Singletary. I don't know. I think it's more so he's slowly taking over the backfield, kind of like Sanders sort of is. Um, Frank Gore is, well, I mean, he's like 36 years old, like we just said. Uh, Washington let Alexander Madison run for like 60-some yards. Some of this kind of envisioning maybe Singletary breaks off like a long touchdown or something, but – I don't know. I couldn't really find any, like, really, really good matchups besides uh, Coleman and, well, I guess Jeff Wilson if Breed is not playing. Got it. I'm going to go with Tevin Coleman. I know that you want to do that, too, so feel free to jump in here. Um, I made a call early in the season, another bull prediction, that Matt Breida would eventually take over the number one role. Mind you, this is when Jarek McKinnon was still on the team and not hurt yet. Actually, I made this bold prediction and made a podcast the day before he got hurt, so I hope I didn't hex my own team. <laughs> Nonetheless, um, this was before McKinnon was hurt and Tevin Coleman had just come in fresh. So Brita was third on the team at that point uh, with most certain Jeff Wilson. People were talking about Jeff or uh, Matt Brita being the odd man out and getting cut and shit preseason. I was like, dude, he's the best running back on the team. He will be the starter eventually and take over. He pretty much is when he's on the field, but he leaves every single game injured. It's so bizarre, dude. And he never misses time like a full game. He just gets hurt every game he's like LaShawn McCoy um anyway Tevin Coleman obviously uh put out that he could be the number one and it looks like he is uh four touchdowns last week you're looking at another three this week I could definitely see them running all over the Cardinals especially if Brita and or Mostert miss this game Coleman could certainly have 20 25 carries and uh, he's getting work out of the pass game as well so on a short week with limited running backs behind him in a run first offense uh, against a bad running defense. I think Coleman is a steal. And I put a little slash here with Matt Breida. If Coleman and Breida both play and Mostert's out, I think Breida could also be uh, a surefire starter as well. So I'm going to kind of like cheat a little bit and say Coleman and or Breida. But either way, the 49ers, I think, destroy the Cardinals on the ground. How about your uh, receiver here? Well, I just made a uh, mid – you're in your mid-talk switch. Um, Love it. Love it. I, Got an audible sometime, but you call, hey, calling Omaha there. Yeah, Omaha. I was. Boom. I'm, uh, I'm going with the uh, the Oakland Raiders stack, Tyrell Williams. God, <laughs> so that's so weird. <laughs> hey, catch a touchdown every game. He yeah. had 90-some yards last week. I don't know. He had zero in the first half. Zero. Then he's like, <laughs> I'll, I'll decide to play some football now. Uh, like I said, four touchdowns. Dar- Daniel Jones, four touchdowns. Two of them went to Darius Slayton. So, I mean, come on. It's just too easy of an option to choose here. I agree. Um, do you think – well, you know, we talked a lot about that Raider game for some reason. I'm not sure why we put so much time in it. But do you think it's going to be a high-scoring affair as well? I, I mean, yeah. I think it'll be 
I mean, kind of the same as the Oakland-Houston and the Jets – or the Giants-Lions, like a 50-ish point game. Got it. I'm going to get into Tyler Lockett. Um, I mean, he's going to go, you know, six for between 60 and 100, and he's going to go six for 60 with a touchdown or six and 100 without a touchdown. Either way, I like that consistency. I'm going to take Tyler Lockett and um, – in a game against Tampa Bay at home, I think he could get loose for a couple deep bombs. And this might be one of those games where he gets, you know, six for like 140 and a, and a long touchdown or two. So I like Tyler Lockett a lot. Uh, he and Russell Wilson are stupid efficient. I made a call last year that, or at the beginning of this year, that Tyler Lockett was not going to be a bust, but we have a pump the brakes segment, which is just like, you know, slow the hype a little bit. I'm not saying mm. I don't like the guy, but like, you know, let's relax. And Tyler Lockett was my guy because his efficiency is insane. Like, like Russell throws it to him. Tyler Lockett will catch the ball every single time. I was like, there's no fucking way that keeps up. Dude, it is happening <laughs> again. And it just, they're, they're absolutely unbelievable. I'm not a Seahawks fan. I live in Seahawks country. I watch all of their games every single weekend. And frankly, they're unbelievable. Russell Wilson, I actually absolutely love. Tyler Lockett is uh, off the chain. So I'm going to go with Lockett as my start of the week. This week at the wide receiver position, I think he goes off against the Bucks. DK Metcalf as well. Uh, let's go with the uh, tight ends. I think all we got to say is the best tight end in the league plays the Arizona Cardinals. Yes, sir. That's you think it's going to be – you think you could post like a like a 150 and three or something or what? No, because I think it – no, he won't do that. Just because if they get up, they're just going to run the ball. I'm thinking more like uh, – I'm thinking like five for 70 and a touchdown. That's what I'm guessing. Got it. Um, I'm going to – I picked George Kittle as well, but I think it's just kind of cheating to always pick the Cardinals guy, which I have the last three weeks. So I'm going to give you that one. I'm going to audible a little bit. I'm going to go with my boy Jay Witten here. Um, I want to give a shout-out to Jason Witten. Uh, he comes out of the booth right fresh off a whole year he looks healthy he's doing his thing he catches that eight yard comeback like nobody's business really reliable that's great he gets a full head of hair new plugs and the whole thing social media makes fun of him ditches him goes back to the bald he's within his own skin now i think he feels comfortable i dig that i appreciate jason witten he catches a touchdown every single time he plays the giants probably two so if you're not playing george kittle go stream jason witten on monday night football I mean, Jason Witten on Monday Night Football after he broadcasts on Monday Night Football against the Giants. Come on, dog. That's an automatic. I'm going to go with my boy Jay Witt, and let's go with the defenses, man, and then we are going to skate out of here. Well, this is – like I said earlier, this is also a good week for – I think really any – like I feel like there's like three matchups maybe where you wouldn't want to stream back the defense. Um, <laughs> and that usually actually doesn't happen, surprisingly. Surprisingly, it's a pretty easy decision. I'm going uh, kind of – actually, this is the ultimate homer pick. I'm taking the Broncos in this one. Uh, they have a good defense. They have not allowed a top 12 QB performance, surprisingly, all year. I, when I saw that this morning, I was like, no way. And we still can't win games. Like, just add that one up to me. <laughs> but they play my favorite quarterback in Baker Mayfield, who decided to pitch the ball right into Lawrence Guy's hands right in front of him. Dude, what is he doing? He's making me look bad. This is terrible. All I got to say is, especially when the, I guess, what, Friday's episode, I knew it. I knew it was coming. Uh, for everyone that said that my under nine wins was a bad take, I knew it was coming. 
That's all I got to say. It's not over yet, bro. It's not over yet. And maybe they'll turn what's, it around. What's the record right now? I'm pulling up the schedule. Uh, I'm going to throw out a two and five. You double check me on that. All right. Let's, let's pull up the schedule here. Okay. Oh, one, 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 two. Two, 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 three, two, four, two, and five. Okay. So say they win this week, which I hope they win this week. They should definitely be the Broncos. Yeah, you're looking for draft picks at this point. I know. I could care less to win any football games. Yeah, uh, definitely forfeiting. Keep it, keep it close, though. I like those games. Keeps me excited for the first half, and then, yeah. <laughs> well, so you, don't, you don't want to lose your dignity. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to be embarrassed. You just want to, like, lose by a field goal every week, and then that when everyone's pumped and you're looking forward to next year, and there's hope, and I hear you, man. I mean, me and Animal are already heartbroken about it. <laughs> My favorite player got traded. Like, come on, it's it's a lost season. Okay, so three and five if they win this week. There's no way they're beating the Bills. Three and six. Steelers, uh, sure. Browns. Like, it's that, that's a close game. Browns are winning oh. both of those. Oh, gosh. Okay, then they got Dolphins. W. Again. So, with that, put them at three and five, three and six. Four and six. That put him at six. That's five hundred, dude. Six and six. Bengals. Four games left. I hope seven and six. That's a win. Okay. Cardinals. That's at, a win. At Arizona. Yeah, it's a toss up, but by that time, Baker and Odell are scoring like 120 yards a game with two touchdowns, and Nick Chubb's going to have 400 yards rushing if Kareem Hunt doesn't take it over. I'll take the Browns. Okay, the Ravens in the fantasy championship weekend. That's Lamar. definitely a loss. And then the Bengals. They, they got to beat. That's the, a win. They got to beat. One game, they got to win this week and one of the Steelers games. Bro, that's nine and seven. Done. All right, that's fine. I made like three bets with all my buddies. They were, <laughs> they were all like 11 wins. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, sure. <laughs> they just got to get over that, over that, over that 500, 500 mark. I made a, uh, made a bull prediction with the Browns as well uh, that they would go 500 last year. Um, and then they would make the playoffs. Uh, this year so we'll see if they make the playoffs they got a long way to go I don't see that happening uh, but they could get back back to 500 and look forward to next year so that will be interesting I like the uh, Denver call though I think they're gonna have a, a field day against Baker um, if they can get that pass rush up uh, especially if if um, you know the Browns are up quite a bit and and they keep chucking it you know just to prove a point here after getting shelled by the Patriots I could see uh, you know Von Miller and the boys trying to turn loose a little bit I'm going to end it out with the Bills. Um, the Bills are kind of always my sneak attack team, especially when they're at home and they're playing, I think, the worst team in the league. Uh, yes, even worse than uh, the Bungles and the Dolphins. Um, Terry McLaurin's a beast. Adrian Peterson's a legend. Otherwise, no thank you. Um, I think the Bills slap them around up in Buffalo, and uh, I don't think they get upset at home two weeks in a row. The Eagles are definitely a legitimate team. The uh, Washington squad is not. So I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills to um, slam dance on Washington this week. So once again, our starts of the week at quarterback, Derek Carr and Sam Darnold. Running backs, Devin Singletary, Tevin Coleman slash Matt Breida. Wide receivers, Tyrell Williams and Tyler Lockett. At tight end, George Kittle and Jason Witten. And at defense, the Denver Broncos, uh, versus the Browns at home, and then the Bills versus the Washington squad at home as well. Any final thoughts here before we cut loose tonight, brother? Um, no. I mean, go Niners, I guess. Yes, I, sir. I hope that I hope they win by like fourteen plus. I think they need to to prove point. 
Yeah, man. I, uh, I'm with you. You know, 10 wins, I think, would really would really open open some eyes. You know, last year, everyone, you know, had us winning a bunch, and then Jimmy got hurt and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, uh, my, my man Mullins came in and did exactly what Jimmy G would have done, and then he got fucking benched, which is lame. Um, but we're not going to talk about that. Now they're much more equipped. We got your boy, uh, Emmanuel Sanders. I appreciate that. That's super nice of you guys to uh, lend him over to the Bay Area. Yeah, I'm sure you're he's going to enjoy that. Bay Area sunshine, I'm sure. Um, so he will definitely help out the squad. We have like seven or eight running backs. I lost track. Uh, a young coaching staff. And one of my best friends growing up is one of the strength and conditioning coaches. So I get the get the inside scoop on the team. And things are good in the Bay, man. You know, we went through a lot of shitty seasons as well um, with Alex Smith before Colin Kaepernick. And then when Cap left and or got kicked out, we won't talk about that. Uh, we had another couple down seasons as well. So I've done my time. I, I lived the Super Bowl years uh, back in the 90s growing up. And then I did my time. And, and now we're back. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked, man. It's a uh, Good time to be a Niner fan for show. And the Warriors may not win a game. The Giants are fucking terrible. So being a Bay Area fan uh, isn't going to be as glorious this year. So I'm going to ride out the Niners best that I can. One more time, the bye week teams are the Rams, the Saints, the Falcons, and the Bungles. Make sure you take those guys out of your lineups, obviously, and make sure you are uh, working your lineups accordingly. And uh, hopefully we will catch you again on Friday with a bonus podcast episode. We did mention we were going to do some bonus things here on this episode, but we're already running a little bit, little bit late. So we're just going to cut that out and we'll just move it to Friday. But uh, we wish you the best of luck in week nine, and we will catch you next time. That'll do it for this episode. Be sure to email us at tckpod at gmail.com or shoot us a DM on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod. You can also find us on Twitter at tck underscore pod or on Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. And make sure to check out our website, tckpod.com, for my weekly rankings, waiver wire ads, and Lucas's start sit column. If you gain any value from this episode, you know what to do. Please rate and review the podcast. As you subscribe and give us a like and a follow on the social media, it really does make a difference for us, and we appreciate your support. Make the most of the rest of your day, and we'll catch you next time on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. For Lucas Kaser, I'm Scott Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.